Folks, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball, hockey, and all the great sports wagering needs. This includes pro and college hoops, the NHL, awesome stuff all throughout the year, okay? It's got up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends where you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. And hey, listen, pitchers and catchers are reporting too, so there are, you know, the football might be over, but there's a lot going on in the sports world, my friend. A lot going on. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. And remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the game starts here. Enjoy the show. Quigs, I have no idea how I'm going to work this into the rest of the show, but I've been sitting on this tab in my Safari for weeks now. And I just need to get it out. So I found out that, and I don't really know stunt people's names, okay? You're not supposed to know stunt people's names. The most famous stunt person thing I could ever even think of besides that uh, that one Tarantino movie is the part in Spaceballs where they go, you idiots, you captured their stunt doubles. But I, I recently found out that tremendous 80s actor Kurt Russell, I found out his stunt person's name and it's such a good name that I wish it was a hockey name. So we had a reason to bring it up. Every week, Kurt Russell's stunt person's name is Dick Warlock. That is an incredible name. I wish it was my name. And it reminds me of so that's so so far. That's like a top five name that I've ever heard in my life. Number like that might be number one or two. And you know what else is up there is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. It sounds like some sort of male porn star, I feel like. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, like, I go by the the kind of Harry Callis rule. If you're not familiar with Harry Callis, he was the longtime radio announcer and TV announcer of the Philadelphia Phillies, one of the, the greats, one of my broadcasting idols. And you would always determine what would be a great name for Harry Callis to pronounce by how many syllables it had. So, like... For example, a great Harry Callis name is Mickey Morandini. Harry Callis would say it, Mickey Morandini, something like that. So I'm just imagining Harry Callis saying, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> It'd be great. It would be so good. Who many, else is a great syllables. name? Uh, there was this one guy I saw just randomly on the internet somewhere. It was like... Um, uh, I think I think I think it was actually someone I follow on Twitter. I think they saw him as a suggested friend on Facebook and they like posted his they like took a screenshot of his like profile picture and name on Facebook and put it on Twitter. And the dude's name was like was Dick Tulip. And <laughs> it was just like this dude who this photo of him was clearly from like the 70s, dark like bowl cut, massive black um mustache and like a huge gap in his teeth like such a dick tulip looking guy a real dick yeah, tulip yeah real dick tulip <laughs> i like i just love that name i think it's so funny 
Yeah, I mean, we got our share of great hockey names, don't get me wrong. And sadly, I don't feel like we have any particularly amazing names on the Flyers right now. Like the weirdest one we have, I mention this a lot, is Garnet Hathaway. It's just an unusual sounding name to me. And I'll never get used to it. I like to call him Gary and Jest because, you know, everybody, everybody knows a Gary, but who knows a Garnet? You know, it's a weird Canadian name right there. But, you know. We got him. We got Garnet, and sadly, sadly, Garnet and his Philadelphia Flyers uh, did not come through over the weekend in the big game, the big nationally broadcast primetime game against the New Jersey Devils up in MetLife Stadium, up the turnpike, the Battle of the Turnpike, as uh, Doc Emmerich would have said it. But I, I, you know, so what did you think of the Stadium Series game? You know, it's... um. It's always a spectacle, and I, I do like a spectacle, but uh, it was not the Flyers' best moment of the season, that's for sure. So first of all, I think we've talked about this a bunch of times before on this show, and I just want to reiterate, there are way too many outdoor games, and it's at the point now where like, when you finally when you do get to play in an outdoor game, it almost feels like it's not even that big a deal. Now, yeah. granted... Granted, the Flyers are a little different from other franchises. Like, the Flyers have been in, what, six? I think six outdoor games, which is a lot. That's a lot for, like, that's certainly above average. Is it six? You have the the Bruins Winter Classic, the Rangers Winter Classic. Lake Tahoe. Uh, They have Lake Tahoe. Penguins. Penguins, Penguins. Yeah, this would have been the sixth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, for the Flyers, like... The Flyers are just so bad in outdoor games. Like, they're one and five in outdoor games. And that one was barely a win. That was the one I was at, and that should have been a loss. They should they have lost that out game. At the end. And it, yeah. it ended up being one of the best moments of, God, the last, like, six years, seven years, something like that. Easily one of the best moments. But that game, that should have been a loss. It Yeah, it, but then Claude Giroux was Claude Giroux, and then he, he just, you know, he did what he did. Yeah, but... Was it like, James Van Riemsdyk who tied up that game? I, I can't remember if it was JVR or Voracek. I feel like Voracek might have like been, threw... been. I think JVR might have gotten the goal to get it within one, and then Voracek tied it. it. And it was like a weak goal, too. Like it was kind of a, like a weird, fluky oh, goal where God, it, was it was just like a lucky bounce. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. I, but yeah, like that was a game that really. Uh, here you go. JVR made it. A one goal game, and then Voracek tied it up at nineteen forty. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. I'll tell you what, man. That that what what a moment to be in the stadium when they tied that shit up. That was amazing. But the thing is, like that should have been another loss. The Flyers have been terrible in outdoor games. Uh, you know, we've seen our share of them. The Citizens Bank Park Stadium Series game. Uh, that was God. Danny Briere getting shut down by Henrik Lundqvist. My, my, it's an yeah. all time outdoor NHL moment. But, of course, the Flyers are at the bad end of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes, you know? <laughs> like, that's yeah. just how the Flyers are. That's just how the Liberty Bell cookie crumbles. But, yeah, for this for this outdoor game, it was, like, it was definitely a bummer. Like, they lost. It's never fun when you lose outside. Like, yeah, if you, if you were, like, there, I'm sure those are memories you'll have forever because it's just, like, such a – like even though I still think that there are too many outdoor games, it's still cool and it's still it's like a, a like a really fun if, concept. Yeah. If if um, you get a chance to do it, I would definitely recommend doing it. The sight lines suck. The sight lines are terrible, yeah. but it is fun. It's a lot of fun for sure. The thing was 
man, they couldn't have gotten off to a worse start in that game because not only did the Devils score right off the bat after sustained Flyers pressure, the Flyers came out on fire and they wanted to score right away. And Nico Heashier, Nico freaking Heashier, the guy picked right before Nolan Patrick. Oh, oh, to be in that alternate universe, takes the puck, goes right down the other end and scores on a breakaway. It's just like you couldn't have scripted a worse start for Flyers fans. It was rough. Like whenever that happened, I think it was 32 seconds into the game. Like when that happens, it's just like it sucks the life out of kind of the entire stadium, not the arena, the stadium. And it was just it was just a bummer. Um well, sadly, the it's, Flyers were the away team, so the life was not sucked out. It was just sucked right. out of the Philadelphia portion. And, uh, it, man, and the thing was, everything was so pro-Devils at this that that made it that much worse. Yeah, like the thing of... What was this thing about, like, uh, you know how, like, on the outside of the ice, they have, like, a little, like, setup to, like, you know, kind of say, like, oh, well, this game's... In, in uh, you know, Lake Tahoe. So we're going to put a bunch of native trees on the outside of the ring. Like, they put a, a park on the yeah. outside. And they were yeah, like, yeah, I, the, well, New Jersey's known for its parks. Like, no, no they're like, not. Is it? I, I never know. heard that. I, I never think they're more known for their ports than their parks. I think they're known for their ports. They're, they're, uh, I mean, they do have energy parks, a.k.a. power plants. So. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I've never heard of New Jersey. I don't know what those being, were. They have some fine parks. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the only one I really know is Cooper River Park. Uh, they've got the, the swamps, the swamps of Jersey. They've got, God, what's the, uh, the, the what, what are the woods called? The fucking, oh my God. Why am I forgetting this? Whatever. The place where the Russian got lost in the Sopranos, but they got that area. Great. What would he do? But yeah, they had this park set up. They're like, New Jersey's known for their parks. I'm like, you're full of shit. They're not known for their parks, but okay. It's, a, it's known for pizza, bad drivers, traffic. I'll give them the pizza. I'll give them um, the pizza. What was that? I'll give them the pizza. The pizza's No, the pizza's good. Yeah, they got great. How, I, I mean, mean, you're in the yeah. Northeast, right? Like, between pizza or between New Jersey, New York, uh, Philadelphia. I'm not going to give it to all of PA, but Philadelphia and the surrounding area. Delco, obviously Delco has got very good pizza and uh, Delaware. You, you really, it's hard to get like a really bad slice in this region. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something that Jersey's good at. Um, but yeah, like the park was such a weird, th- it, it would have been much better if it was a giant pizza slice, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that would have been great. I would have loved if they put some pizza there. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of weird vibes of this game. It started off weird where like the Flyers came out looking okay for the first like couple seconds and then they give up that goal and then it just kind of snowballed into what it was and they they fought back a little bit. Um but still it was kind of it was it, it felt over like immediately. Like as soon as Nico Heischer netted that breakaway goal, it was like, "Oh, okay. So yeah. this is a loss." <laughs> like game over, man. Yeah, that's how it felt. And so, um, yeah, a weird game. Like, cool, the Flyers played outdoors, but they lost again. So, I mean, what else is new? They lost again, and frankly, I didn't think they looked that good doing it. Uh, What did you think of the Stadium Series uh, jerseys in person, like on the players? Uh, I didn't love them, no. I I finally I I won't be mad if I never see them again. 
I agree. I agree. I finally kind of understood the shoulder numbers, though, because they kind of look like a football jersey number. But still, no outline on the damn numbers, so they don't pop. So guess what? Yeah, I put shelved those things. I never want to see them again. Yeah, no, they were not good. I didn't like them. I actually, like, people were hating on the Rangers jerseys. I thought they were sick. I really liked the Rangers jerseys. I thought the Rangers jerseys were uninspired because... They're basically just the Rangers jerseys with a gigantic NYR on them. Basically. And the Rangers have a fine design. They have a classic design. The Rangers don't fuck with their jersey too much because it is a, a classic original six design. I thought it was I thought it was good. I liked it. I thought it looked good. It was the fine. Islanders uh, just mean, look like a bunch of idiots. Like I don't know Islanders, what they were doing. Man, it's like grandma bought them a sweater. Uh, honestly, that's honestly what it looks like. It looks yeah. so weird. It looked like something that like, you know, uh, that your mom got you from like NFL shop and it's like an Eagles long sleeve <laughs> shirt. And it just says like Eagles and gigantic lettering. She gets that for you for Christmas. And it's like, Oh, oh sweet. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't ask for this, but thank you. I've been there. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it just, it looked really dumb, but yeah, it looked yeah. dumb. I thought the devil's look was fine, but yeah, the flyers one, if I never see it again, great. Uh, any other notables? Like I, I liked how they came into the game. I like the Rocky sweats for the flyers and like Rocky in the first Rocky, they, uh, they lost. They got punched in the face and lost. Uh, the Devils with the tracksuits. That was fun. I enjoyed that. That was nice. I thought that was good. Um, yeah, the Rocky was... I I do enjoy when teams do that. When they all like dress up and get off the bus together. It's like it's fun. So I like seeing that. And then, of course, you have the Islanders with Lou Lamorello. Well, is he still involved? I guess he's not involved anymore. He's right? there. But you know, he's involved. He's, he is there. He is involved. Yeah. Okay. But he's yeah, well, you can tell he's involved because... They wore suits. Yeah, they suits I mean, now. they're losers. They have no fun. It's pathetic. I don't like Lou is just. Uh, I would. It's hate like him. the Yankees he would without me. the winning. Yeah, I mean, well, that's exactly what it is. And like, there's that whole stupid concept of like, you're not allowed to have a beard if you play on my team. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the Yankees. It's so that's, it's dumb. the Yankees without the the winning or the class. That, well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like it's the same thing. Literally, it's the same thing. And it's just I've never understood that. I thought that's so weird. Like I don't see how having a beard is unprofessional. If anything, it's it's a hockey thing. Like having a beard is a very hockey way to live. You know, like hockey players. Frankly, I think hockey players need beards. So what? When you like, if you're the Islanders and you go to the playoffs, you're not allowed to have a playoff beard. Yeah, they're fucking, they're just losers. And what happens if I'm, like, let's pretend I'm, like, the star of the Islanders. Let's pretend I'm, like, Matthew Matt Barzell. Yeah, let's pretend I'm Matt Barzell. And I come out with a beard. What the fuck are they going to do? Well, what are you going to do? Find me? You're going to find your star player for having a beard? Like, literally, what are you going to do? Not shit. You won't do anything. Shut the fuck up, Lou. (laughs) Lou sucks. I hate Lou. Uh, yeah. And, and speaking of that, the uh, Islanders and the Penguins are currently tied in the third. I am pleading with one of you to win in regulation, please. That would be quite nice. I would like that a lot. Um, I don't Flyers want either team to win, like but you can't really. There, There's no good scenario for the Flyers here, but there's less bad scenarios. And that's one of these teams wins in regulation because Man, the Metro continues to be a very, 
very tight division. And losing that game to the Devils, you know, uh, it's probably one of the more meaningful stadium series losses they've ever had because it's such a tight playoff race in the division right now, you know, and it's uh, it's a shame, you know, even even Creed getting played as a shout out to fly Perbly, I'm assuming, did not help matters. Clearly, that was a shout out to fly. Um, yeah, no, that I mean, that was a huge, uh, that, that was a really big turning point for the season. I think for both the flyers and devils, like the flyers win that outdoor game. And all of a sudden they have a lot more breathing room, right. As like the home stretch is starting. And now the devils are like, you know, they gain a little bit of ground and now they just got crushed by the capitals six to two. So, I mean, you hate to see it. Yeah. You hate to but see it. like they gained some ground on the Flyers in the outdoor game, and like we'll see how they respond after that. So far, they haven't responded great because they just got smoked in D.C. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting uh, what if. Like, what if the Flyers won? Would that have guaranteed them a spot? Like, not guarantee, but, like, close to it. Um, because it's at definitely, this point, the it Flyers helped a lot. Yeah, the Flyers at this point just needed to be less shitty than everyone else, basically, is what they need to do. Um, but I mean, when you got the devils, like they're, listen, like, I know they just lost to Washington. Um, but they have spent a lot of the season without Jack Hughes. He's back. He's still very, very good. Um, like they, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of pick up some steam here towards the end. And that's obviously bad for the flyers. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it That win would have been really, really big for the Flyers, and they just couldn't get it, and that's kind of a bummer for them. Yeah, and the, the thing about the Devils also is goaltending has kind of been their Achilles heel throughout the season, although you wouldn't know it from watching that game the other night because the Flyers yeah. put up shots in that game, but they got shut down, and it's uh, annoying. But even despite that, the Devils have been rumored to be trying to upgrade in the net, and, you know, if they go and they get markstrom and he is legit back and like you know the devils could easily overtake the flyers for that last position because they have a couple games in hand still too it's uh you know i I want the good times to continue to roll but i can't help to be but be nervous about the uh the likelihood of that happening and that's the thing i feel like that was kind of like the vibe going into the season too was like being cautiously optimistic like it really more so than the entire season, just this whole new vision that the Flyers have, like going into it, feeling cop- cautiously optimistic, hoping for the best and, you know, seeing where things go. And that's kind of how this season has been. Like no one expected the Flyers to be good and they are. And now that they are, people are like waiting for the inevitable like drop. Like they're waiting for them to like level out and start being bad. Um, And, like, there is a possibility that that could still happen. I just, I I don't know. I I don't see that, frankly. I don't see that. And I I don't feel like they've played necessarily that that bad in these games. I mean, these last two games, they had had tough matchups. I mean, the Devils, despite their struggles this year, they're still a good hockey team. And that was going to be a tough game regardless. And then... You know, I, I have to admire the way they came back in that Leafs game before that, where they were down big, uh, freaking or not big, but, you know, Austin Matthews just going into beast mode there and mm-hmm. just destroying them in a matter of eight minutes. And the fact that they, they came back, tied that game. Sadly, they lost out overtime. But, you know, that was a game where they got a point that they really shouldn't have. That is one of my least favorite things 
when you like lose in overtime and you don't even really get the puck. Like oh, you God. just, you can kind of see it coming from the very, like as soon as like, like as soon as the Leafs won that opening draw in overtime, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like sure. I, I know, how this, yeah, I know how this is going. So it's just like, you just kind of get that feeling when that happens. And it, it's, I hate that feeling. Are we about to see that with the Islanders right here? Yes. <laughs> We're watching overtime with the Islanders and the Penguins right now. Do what the Penguins have possession? Well, it's just about to start, so we'll. Uh, oh, okay. I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, we're about to get into it. Uh, and by the way, it'd be a real shame if the Penguins started losing and had to trade Jake Gensel. Oh, just be tragic. It's fine. Don't you worry. They're getting Macklin Celebrini. So, <laughs> no, you no, know, you know they will get Macklin. If Celebrini. they, I, I feel like they're going to end up in no man's land as far as the the lottery goes. I don't know. They're not that bad. They're not bad, but like there's a real chance they don't make the playoffs. Right. But Gary's really going to have to like, that's going to be the most blatant friggin', you know, case of, uh, of tampering I've ever seen. If, uh, you know, Gary rigs that for the Penguins. Cause th- that's going to be ridiculous. Cause right now the Penguins are t- uh, 24th in the NHL. Okay. So they're not even in the bottom well, I guess they're in the bottom 10. They're in the right? bottom 10. Yeah. They're in the bottom 10. They're in the bottom eight. I don't think they're going to finish there, though. I, I mean, I've been waiting for the Penguins to get their shit together all season. Yeah. And it has not happened. So. Well, I don't know. But, you know, I do think it'll be funny if they have to trade Gensel. And at I mean, least yeah, Celebrini is not Bedard. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. Celebrini is definitely good. good. I don't want He's him very, to go to very the Penguins, good. But. He's not yeah. Bedard. He's not Crosby. You know, this isn't the, the next one. No, no, he's not. But hey, two guys we have to. Oh, Islanders won. There you go. Islanders win it. Really? Who scored? Uh, I, I don't know anybody on the Islanders. Mm. You kidding me? Come on. Why would I know whenever anybody I th- on the Islanders? Whenever I think of Jake Gensel, like I know he scored some big goals in his career and everything. I can't tell you a single one of them. All I think about when I think about Jake Gensel is how he got so upset about Travis Konechny talking all that shit during the game at the link. And he was Pelich, just like, Pelich won it. He, he was just, Oh, Pelich, Okay. And I just remember Jake Gensel was like mic'd up and he was just like, shut up. Shut for Christ, up. For Christ's sakes. <laughs> he was just so like bummed. He was so mad about Konechny. real Napoleon dynamite reaction from him there. Yeah. Doesn't, shut up. Doesn't Jake Gensel kind of look like Ellen DeGeneres? I had not thought about it, but look at look at a photo of him. Doesn't he look like Ellen DeGeneres? Let's see. Does Jake Gensel look like Ellen? Can Jake Gensel host a a talk, a daytime talk show, and then lose it because of uh, rumors about berating his staff? Let's see. Jake Gensel. I think. Yeah, I, I can see it a little bit. I can see yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see some Ellen. Yeah, I see Ellen DeGeneres. Big there you time. Go. There you go, Jake. Jake getting his own <laughs> daytime talk show any day now. Who am I going to roll with for the rest of the evening? I think the Canucks and the Avalanche are the way to go. I think that's the that way is to go. the way to go because that is two juggernauts, and it's also my new fantasy or my fantasy goalie. It is, it is um, Thatcher Demko. So love that for me. Uh, also, speaking of fantasy hockey, you know what I did, Steve? I did something uh, a little bold today. 
Oh. I picked up Morgan Frost. Oh, we're picking up Bill. Bill M has entered the chat. You picked up Morgan Frost. All right. I mean, I picked up Morgan Frost. He gets second line time most of the time. Uh, you know, he's he's going to put up points. So that's a uh, you know, I like it. I'm into it. We've talked about it about it a million times. Like I was not a believer in Morgan Frost at all. But like the way he's been playing the last like month, he's looking pretty good. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write it. We'll see. We'll see where we go. Update updates to come. There you go. Riders on the frost storm. Let's do it. He's uh, I don't know, man. This could be, hey, the... I hope it works out for you because if the flyers have any chance of making the playoffs, they need Morgan frost to, to really show up. And he's not a guy we're expecting to be traded. And he's definitely a guy who figures to be on this team and an important part of it for the remainder of the season, especially if they do end up trading Scott Lawton, as uh, many rumors have uh, pointed to. Uh, The great thing about where the Flyers are is that Danny Breer is in a really good position as far as like, you know, there's a lot of difficult decisions as far as competing versus selling goes. But the fact that he doesn't have to sell anybody, at least as far as like, the appearances to other GMs. That's great because where Chuck Fletcher was last season when that loser couldn't figure out a way to trade anybody because the, the job is hard. Boo hoo. You know, a, a big part of the job being hard. There was the appearance that the flyers were desperate and had to sell their guys. So when Chuck didn't sell anybody, it was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> and you know, if Briere did nothing here, would it be disappointing from a rebuilding standpoint? Absolutely. But would it make sense from a competitive hockey standpoint? Sure, it would. Uh, so Briere really has all the cards in his, you know, in his pocket right now. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about it Is last week. Too. Cards in his pocket. Like, I, I have no clue. No Some clue, sort of honestly. poker thing. Guess what? Nobody knows what his goddamn cards are. That's what we need to know. Okay. He's wearing the sunglasses. He's got the backwards hat on, you know, he's Durston. I think we talked a little bit about it last week where it's like, no matter what Briere does, like a segment of the fan base is going to be mad, but like he really is. So, so like yesterday, for example, like there were, there were reports that maybe the flyers are considering keeping Sean Walker instead of trading him. Oh, wow. Um, I wrote a very long story about Sean Walker. I actually did a one-on-one interview with Sean. Uh, so you can read that on broadstreethockey.com. Please subscribe. Love that you're doing that, by the way, Quiggs. That's that's some good stuff right there. Keep it up. That was a fun story. That was a really fun story to write. Sean Walker's great. He was very, very generous at this time. He's awesome. So, um, But, yeah, like there's... There, I believe it was on 32 Thoughts. I think it was uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman basically. I, they were, I think they were just kind of spitballing, but they were saying like, what if the Flyers just keep Sean Walker? And it's like, yeah, the Flyers don't have to trade him because they they're in a position where they are going for the playoffs. Now, granted, everything Danny Briere and Keith Jones and John Tortorella, everything they've all said is we're not risking the future for the now. Like, we are not going to be disillusioned into thinking that we have some sort of magical road to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, I think they understand the long-term vision here, and they seem to be very forthright about, like, listen, we're building a beast, and the the beast isn't going to be ready this year. So um, they're saying the right things. Now we just need to see the actions follow suit. 
And I think you're right. I think by the way Danny Briere is handling it and just like the way we're hearing all these reports are like, oh, maybe they're going to keep him. Like this and that. Like it's it's leaving other teams and other general managers guessing. No one knows what the Flyers are going to do. And so that makes it, that kind of gives the Flyers some leverage because it's just like, well, I mean, you only want to give up a third round pick for Sean Walker. We could just keep him and, you know, go to the playoffs with him. Like that's really what it comes down to. And then maybe that would drive up another, the other team's price a little bit. So um, maybe that would make teams a little more friendly to try and pry a player like Sean Walker or Scott Lawton away from the Flyers because of that exact reason. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's a really like the next few weeks are going to be really, really uh, <laughs> tense. I feel like the fan base is going to be kind of tensed up the next couple of weeks because, oh, like yeah. I was saying, no matter what happens, someone people are going to be angry about it. But I, I do kind of trust what they're doing here. I think I, I think ultimately they're going to sell some people, um, especially if they like kind of you know go on a little skid here. Um, this but, is a yeah. huge two weeks for the direction of the club this season. Like this yeah, is really, is. this is the stretch right here and it doesn't get easier this week. Well, it, you know, it should be hopefully easy, uh, tomorrow night. It'll probably be tonight when you're listening to this. Cause we're recording Tuesday night. This is coming out on Wednesday and that's, uh, they're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. It's in Chicago, which is, makes it a little tougher. Uh, and, but Chicago's terrible, okay? Connor Bedard is awesome. He is the real deal, and he's back, and he's really good. But the rest of the team is hot garbage. So, objectively, this should be a Flyers win on rivalry night, as they used to call it back in the day. Oh, Doc, it's rivalry night, and these guys aren't rivals, but they're rivals tonight. How about that, Doc? But Wednesday night rivalry. I miss, I miss those goofballs. You know, we always complained about the... Uh, we didn't really complain about Doc, but we complained about Pierre. But I do miss at least having something to make fun of because I, I kind of miss per- Pierre in retrospect. A I kind of miss like the weirdness because it was uniquely weird. Uh, you know, ESPN's broadcasts are just so bland. And then, yeah. oh my god, I was like, I was listening to um, who's the play-by-play guy for ESPN? Uh, Sean something? Is it Sean McDonough? Sean McDonough, yeah. Sean McDonough, like he's fine. I actually like Sean McDonough. I he's think he's fine, good. but I think he's a little boring. Like I'm just kind of like, okay, you're kind of lulling me to sleep here, guy. Um, he's he's fine. Like that's the thing. I I miss the doc excitement, and yeah. I miss the Pierre weirdness. You know, you don't really get that anymore. Uh, that's it. I think TNT does a fantastic job all around. TNT's. They're very good. Yeah, TNT's outstanding. Now, I'll say this, and I've said this before. Kenny Albert is so mid, it's not even funny. Like the See, fact that I would take Kenny Albert over Sean McDonough. Yeah. 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 I guess I would. But like, still, I think Sean McDonough, like, he's, he's, he's good in Kenny Albert. He's good. But like, oh, they don't have anybody that's great right now. They, and- they don't have anyone great. And we have, like, the hockey world has been very spoiled the last, what, 30 years? 35 years with, I mean, you had Gary Thorne, and then you go straight from Gary Thorne directly to Doc freaking Emmerich. Like, what an incredible, <laughs> what an incredible yeah, run, great run. Great run of broadcasters. And so, like, I don't know, man. Like, right now, we're, we're in kind of like the dark ages of, like, hockey broadcasters. Because, like, my thing with Kenny Albert is he's a great number two. 
Oh, he yeah. should never. He should never be your number. He one. shouldn't be. No, he should not be the number one. He was always a great number two to Doc Emmerich. But yes, you know he should not be your number one. It's a lot like the Flyers. Uh, well, I can't say that now that Sean Couturier is back. But before Sean Couturier was back with the center situation, it's like, oh yeah, this is a fine number two, but not a number one. Yeah, yeah. Like Noah Cates, when Noah Cates was like the number one center last year, it was just like, oh my god, what are we? This is a terrible timeline. It, it was weird. But it was not great, but yeah. Anyway, so this is all we got on a whole tangent about the broadcast and rivalry night, but that's uh, that was so, not on the sheet, by the way. That was not. I just had rivalry night, and then we went from there. But that's how it goes. Rivalry night. I miss it. But Wednesday at Chicago national broadcast game. Hopefully, the Flyers do put on a show this time, and they should get two points in this one. I'll be very. This is the one game this week where I will be disappointed if they don't get two points because the rest of the week until the next time we talk is a little rough. Okay. So Saturday, a weird timed home game against the New York Rangers, 3 PM. I don't know what's up with that, but the Rangers are first in the division. The Rangers are really good. Going to be a rough one. Also, let me just say this. I will be at the Farg for that game. I'll be in the press box. So that's a guaranteed loss for the Flyers because they've lost, I believe every single game that I've been in the press box for. Oh, you should so, just stay home. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's um, not I'll, gonna. It's I'll not gonna be good to stay home. I'll actually. I will mail you a cheesesteak to stay home. It's gonna be a six to four loss. The thing guess. is, Quigs. I don't think anything you do can affect that because the Flyers just the Rangers have had the Flyers number for a long time now. Now, what'll be interesting is. Is this the first time we, the Flyers have faced the Rangers at the Farg this season? At the Farg? I can't remember, I can't remember but I, I want to say yes, but I don't know. Because last year they had that insane takeover, and it was just yeah. embarrassing to the point of me laughing my ass off about it. And I hope that doesn't happen this year because I actually like the team this year, and I don't know. I was going to say, like, if... Like, if this is the first time the Rangers have played in Philly this season, it will be... Okay, it is not. No, they played them in They played in Philly. Yeah, November they played in Philly. Okay. Gang, it's hard to remember every game in a season. There's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, there's quite a few. So Yeah. But that that game was a 3-1 to loss. Uh, And, you know, the Rangers are tough, man. They're just a good hockey team with a lot of talent and uh, an elite goaltender. So it's... Even though he doesn't... He's been up and down this year. Shesterkin is an elite goaltender, and Quick has really seemed to regained his uh, his mojo. If uh, you're gonna obnoxiously quote Austin Powers here, but Quick <laughs> seems to have found himself again and is a solid backup for them. So it's gonna be tough goaltending wise. That's a really good offense. Mika Zibanejad. I mean, dude, if you're gonna gamble. Bet on Zabinajad to score a point because he destroys the Flyers. It's ridiculous. So he's almost as automatic against the Flyers as as David Pasternak. Yeah, yeah. Like they both just own the Flyers. Owns the Flyers. It's it's just obnoxious. And then Sunday they have to travel across the state and see sixteen hundred sheets in order to face another guy who owns the Flyers on his home ice, Sidney Crosby. Uh, that's a three thirty game. I, I hate the schedule makers for this. This is, I hate that stuff. That's just terrible. it's tough. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, God, that's a really tough back to back right there. 
And then next Tuesday, they are home against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which they got, they had a rough time against Tampa Bay last time. Uh, not looking forward to that either. They always have a hard time against them. Tampa Bay is good. I mean, yeah. you've got some elite talent on that team. I mean, Kucherov is one of the best in the game. Hedman is a fantastic defenseman. And Vasilevsky, I mean, the guy's won the Vesna how many times, you know? Yeah. Uh, Steve, just some quick research that I did here. Um, Mika Zibanejad has more goals against the Flyers than any other team that he's played against in his entire career. I'm not remotely surprised by that. Not not in the scored, slightest. He has scored 18 goals in 42 games against the Flyers. And actually, I'm slightly incorrect here. There is one other team that he has scored 18 goals against. Do, can you take a wager as to what team that is? Is it the Pittsburgh Penguins? It's not. New York Islanders. No. One last guess, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, no, but he does um, have more points against the New Jersey Devils than any other team, but not oh, goals. Wow. Interesting. So you're kind of okay. close there. So the other team that he has scored 18 goals against is the Washington Capitals. Oh, there we go. And that, that checks out because you want to talk about a team that's had as bad of a time on defense and goaltending as the Flyers in recent years. Yeah, not it hasn't been great. But. No. Yeah, so Zibanejad, very good against the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. Not looking forward to any any of these matchups. This is just a, another tough stretch for the Flyers. Um, so really, I mean, they have to get they have to get two points against Chicago. You know, like whatever they have to do, I really want them to come out and kind of blow the doors off the Blackhawks in that game because that's a game they just have to win. Yeah, no, I mean, that, listen, I I get a feeling that Connor Bedard is going to do some Connor Bedard shit. He's <laughs> like, great. I, he's incredible, and I, f- I have a feeling the Flyers are going to get a first, like a front row seat to him just being amazing because it seems like that's just, he just strikes me as one of those players that you can add to the Mika Zibanejad and, and David Posternak list of players who are just good against the Flyers. Like for some reason, I just think Connor Bedard is going to go off. He's a superstar and it's on national TV. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like the Flyers are going to need a, a, quite a bit of gold support, honestly. Well, thankfully who, who's the starting goaltender in Chicago, Peter Morazic. Yeah. I, yeah. But I mean, look, the Flyers got shut out by Alex Lyon a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not that's not that's depressing. not to poo poo Alex Lyon, but I mean, come on. Well, Peter Morazic sucks, and I'll 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 go to my grave saying that. But <laughs> yeah, Chicago. I mean, at least Detroit is a half decent team. Chicago sucks. They're I mean, bad. I yeah. I just this is like the one moment this week where I really just need the Flyers to to put up some numbers. I need a glimmer of hope because they very easily could get zero points for those other three games. I mean, thankfully. The week after is much kinder. The week after they have the Capitals, the Senators, and the Blues. Okay. But this is just a terrible stretch right here. We've seen the Flyers lose some bad games this year. Like lose oh, for some sure. bad teams. Like the Flyers have lost to the Senators. They've lost to the Blue Jackets. Oh yeah. I mean, they they're very capable of losing to horrible teams. They can lose to any team in the NHL. Yeah. 
So uh, they lost to the they gave the San Jose Sharks their first win of the season. They did. So it's how, yeah. How did I forget that? Yeah, yeah, they literally broke. It's been a long season. The winless start of the Sharks, the historically yeah. awful start. So yep, yep. Yeah, I don't know. They they need to beat Chicago. I know that they're like on paper bad, but like we've seen them lose embarrassingly to on paper bad teams. So they cannot treat this like the Chicago Blackhawks. They need to treat the Chicago Blackhawks like here comes Connor Bedard, shut him down and we should be okay. Um but like they they need to really, you know, they they need to pump it into overdrive this game. They need to beat the shit out of the, the Blackhawks. Yeah. Like beat the shit. Just do it for Michael Layton. Okay. Michael Layton yeah. wants you to beat the shit out of Chicago. He, he needs retribution. Place. He needs retribution for before some of these guys were born. Yeah. No, no. They were born in 2010. Just barely in some cases. Uh, Connor Bedard was like six when that happened. <laughs> oh, it's good. Time. It's good. Time. <laughs> well, speaking of bad teams, the Columbus Blue Jackets finally made a move to, I, I guess, maybe course correct how bad they've been. And they got rid of their version, the European version of Chuck Fletcher. And uh, <laughs> Yarmo Kekalainen is out on the street. No job. What a shame. Just an awful, awful job by Yarmo, especially in the past couple of years. And that is a franchise that, while they had a really good high draft pick this year, they're going to need a hell of a lot more to really build themselves up to, to even get to a semblance of, of really, uh, you know, competing in any way. I just don't know what Yarmo is thinking. Like I'm first of all, I'm surprised he's lasted this long after the disaster that was the Babcock hiring. Like, I don't know how he wasn't fired immediately after they fired Babcock. I, I guess like, when you fire Babcock, it's like, okay, well, we can't just fire everybody now. The season's about to start. You know what I mean? But right, like, right. my God, what an embarrassment. What an embarrassing job. What an embarrassing team. I mean, it's just, it's so bad. And then that wasn't even the start of it though. Like he did so much this year to try and like shore up the blue line. Like he traded for Ivan Provorov. And <laughs> it's Thanks just for that, like, pal. Thanks for that. It, it's so funny just how bad the Blue Jackets still are after all the, the moves that he tried to make. And like Adam Fantilli, is he even playing well? Like I haven't even really no, kept up with You him see at all Columbus, Ohio is like a black hole. So there's just no way of knowing. There's no way of finding that kind of news because uh, nothing goes in or comes out of there. Fantilli's been okay. 12 goals, 27 points in 49 games. Like, nothing crazy. He's one of those guys that, you know, if they do start, if they get a good coach in there, they start to, you know, make some smart moves, he could really shine. He could really be fantastic. But and and like, honestly, I'm taking this, this year as a total mulligan for, honestly, every single player on the Blue Jackets because of how weird everything was. Like, they all came into camp ready to go for Babcock, and then it's like everything like the floor fell from beneath them. And so this has just been a weird year for literally everyone on the blue jackets. And uh, like, it'll be interesting to see how they do next year when they have like an actual coach. Cause uh, the, the guy they have right now, I can't even remember his name. I don't really care to look it up, but like 
I imagine he won't be back as the head coach next season. I imagine they'll want to hire like an actual head coach. And when they do that, that will be uh, that then maybe they'll we'll see some progress for the Blue Jackets. But for right now, they just continue to be pathetic and a laughingstock of a franchise. Yeah, so they're so sad. And I do actually feel bad for their fans. I feel bad for the people of Columbus because, mm. well, number one, what else do they have to do, Quigs? You know, I mean, they weren't, it's not their fault they were born in Columbus. I mean, yeah. Ohio. You know, listen, I will say this. I will say this. They have a dedicated fan base. Those people show up and they do. They do. You know, they deserve better than what they've been given. Johnny Gaudreau deserves better after signing with them for, frankly, a pretty sweetheart. I feel deal. so bad for Gaudreau. He's been horrible this year, but like that is a sweetheart deal and he has the talent to be better. I frankly think that uh, maybe uh, Danny Beers can just bring him in on a, you know, a little salary retention and just say, Hey, show us what you got kid. And <laughs> go from there. The number 13 is available on the flyers now, Steve. I mean, I think it's written in the stars. Let's make it happen. Cap'n. Here we go. I mean, yeah. I just, I, I mean, Maybe that's what they do at the trade deadline. Yeah. <laughs> could you, you know, ima- could you I imagine like if they don't? A seventh round pick and just like uh, they can retain like two mil a year on them. I think we'll make it happen. Could you imagine if the year that they are supposed to sell at the trade deadline, they end up buying and finally getting Johnny Goudreau? I think uh, three quarters of the fan base would actually like. It would I, be awful. I, I feel like they go into comas. Yeah. It would yeah. be. <laughs> like rage for, for comas. some of us are rage comas a thing because I think that's what would happen. I was going to say, I, I feel like there's a segment of the fan base. That'd be like, finally he's here. You know, they'd be like, Oh, for sure. About it. But yeah, for sure. Poor, they would, I'm telling you, they would sell a million jerseys if it happened, but that that's, you do that the year Mishkov comes here. Okay. You bring Mishkov and then you bring in uh, Johnny on a, just, you know, listen, Johnny could play the third line in the power play. I'm cool with that. And uh, we'll just buy low on them, okay, from whoever the new GM is. And then uh, Johnny can just lead the team along with Mishkoff and uh, and Drysdale and whoever the hell else, Tyson Forrester, whoever's around at that point. Uh, bonk. 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 Bonk, who, man, we were talking about this in the Slack earlier today, but Oliver Bonk has had quite a year and... He's becoming very quickly a guy that we, we are excited about. And Briere and Jonesy are starting to look pretty smart with that pick. Not just Oliver Bonked. Denver Barkey, too. What a name. Denver Barkey. We were talking, we were talking about Dick Warlock earlier, but Denver Barkey yeah, Denver Barkey. name. Denver Barkey is just like a weird name. Like, it's so... I've never heard anything oh, like it before. It's good. It's good. Um, Denver Barkey has... What, I think he has, he has 28 goals. In 79 points in 51 games. Oh, wow. Like, dude's going ham in the OHL right now. And then you got Oliver Bonk. And I will be honest, I haven't kept up with his stats or anything like that. But I know, like, I keep seeing the, like, the um, London Knights, like, tweeting out, you know, like, their their game tweets. And, like, Oliver Bonk is involved in every single one. So, he's he's very good. He's very good. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this future, which makes these next two weeks, as I said, all the more confusing for Danny Briere and company and the fan base going into the trade deadline. I, this trade deadline being in March, 
it just kills me. It's just an awful, awful wait. And I can't wait for it to actually get here and see what happens. I took the entire day off. Did you? I did. I do it every year. Every trade deadline, I take the whole day off. Breaking news I love it. from Ryan Quiggs. I just love watching the chaos and just seeing... Ugh, I just love it. I love it so much. It's so fun to me. We love it. Like, I don't know. Like, there's something fun about, like, seeing trades that, like, you had no idea about. You know what I mean? Like, no one saw this trade coming and then it happens and it's like... I don't know. Like, to me, this the, the trade deadline is, like, the ultimate, like, soap opera for sports bros. It's just like, what? Plot twist. Yeah. And uh, always remember, folks, when it comes to the trade deadline... Make yourself a list on Twitter slash X or whatever the hell you're looking at and just follow the list, okay? Don't just follow random jabronis. Just follow people you can trust, okay? Because that's how that's how Dr. Evil Gritty gets you, okay? Dr. Yeah. Evil Gritty gets a number of people, turns people into corn cobs every day with those those tweets that look realistic, okay? And don't become a corn cob, folks. The only way to do that is to make a list with like Bob McKenzie. Well, you know, Uncle Bob's not quite the source he used to be, but, you know, Elliot Friedman, Pierre Lebrun, all the good sources over there. Okay. The the reliable ones, not the uh, I'm trying to remember some of the like fake, like beat writer accounts over the years, you know, (laughs) like where it's like Bob, but it's like it's a a zero instead of an O McKenzie. (laughs) You know, something just slightly off to fool somebody into thinking it's real. Just uh, like the blue check mark no longer means anything. Like if you're looking for a blue check mark to see like, oh, this like this means that it's official. Like, no, if you have a blue check mark on Twitter now, that doesn't mean anything of importance. So, uh, yeah, don't don't necessarily ride and die by the blue check. Just keep note of who the actual accounts are. Darren Dreger. Um, uh, God, who else? Bob. I mean, Bob McKenzie, but he's kind of retired now. Elliot, Elliot Friedman. Friedman. Jeff Merrick, like follow the people who know things and just go from there. I got a, I got a pretty good list too. If you want to, my NHL insiders list, if you ever just want to follow that. Yeah. That's a very good list. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I, I did go onto the London Knights Twitter and dude, I saw Barky all over the place on there. I was just scrolling down and Barky was like every other tweet. Barky and Bonk are animals. I can't believe those two last names are flyers. Barky Bonk. Bump. Oh, bunk. It's going to be great. Killer bees, buddy. Killer bees. Yeah, it's awesome. Look at that. Jokic is at the uh, the Avs game. I feel really bad for anybody who has to sit behind Jokic at the game. <laughs> I'd like, I'd be smacking him over. Like, dude, get your head out of the way. I can't see <laughs> For the love I would of God. Not, get... I, I would not be smacking him because I think he could kill me with one slap. So. I got I to gotta give him respect. He is sitting in the front row at the glass. Like, that dude could be sitting in a box comfortably and he is sitting front row glass and he's wearing an Avs hat. I think Bryce Harper did something like that recently. Yeah. I've um, seen Harper do that. Will, Will Ferrell sits at the glass for the Kings games, yeah. which is great. Uh, John Taffer does that for the golden Knights. Shut it down. He does not shut it down. He loves, he loves the golden Knights. He does. He will never shut down the golden Knights. I told you that I saw, a bar rescue with Ryan Reeves and Nate Schmidt, right? You did. I saw it. it was in Utah fun. too. I think, I think it was in Utah, which was like really weird to me. I was like, this guy's it must've been, the it must've been like Western Utah because like, 
I so when I was in Vegas, like a lot of my like the people I knew, they'd be, you know, it would be like Friday. I'd be like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? They're like, oh, we're going to Utah. So like a, a lot of Vegas people like just go to Utah. Oh, okay. For, I mean, for like I was going to say trip. for what, but I guess they have they have actually some nice like wildlife and uh, and scenery yeah. there. You definitely don't go for the beer because they have a cap on how it's, much it's not allowed alcohol there. you can put in the beer. <laughs> well, I think yeah. I think you can have like three or four percent tops. I believe is the uh, the limit. It's pretty bogus. Which is like, me. what are we even doing here, people? Let's just drink sodas. Drink a little. Yeah. Have a little soda pop. Uh, yeah. Apparently there's like, there's a big thing with milk there. Cause the Mormons, I don't know, but, uh, does the Mormons drink milk? Yeah. It makes sense to me. Of course. Dum, 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 dum. Finally, folks, we have one great thing I would love to talk about. And it sadly involves the Pittsburgh Penguins, but it involves a legend. And we, we are willing to pay this man his due because he is one of the great, all-time NHL players, one of the guys that uh, both infuriated and thrilled us throughout his career, and that is one Yaramir Yager, the the all-time best puckdoku answer out there. You can use Yager on almost every puckdoku. I use Yager. I use Derek Brassard. Um, Mark Recchi. Oli Jokinen. Um, Michael Delzato. Michael oh. Delzato is a great puckdoku. Dude, I use MDZ all the time. Yeah, he he's really easy to because I feel like he's one of those under the radar guys that people have already forgotten about. Shattenkirk, um, Shattenkirk's a good one. Uh, who else? There's I, I mentioned Recky. Recky has played for a shit ton of teams. Vladislav Nemesnikov. Ooh, there you go. That's a good one. Big E's always an under the radar one because he secretly played for the uh, Dallas Stars, which people forget about, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is true. Yeah, but Yager's the goat. Yager is like he's awesome. as yeah, far as yeah. like playing for a million teams and having done pretty well for most of them. Yager's the king. He really like he can be used for so many teams. So many like you could. He's like the cheat code for a lot of those scoring records, you know. But uh, Yager finally officially tied it up in the NHL. Okay, it doesn't mean he's still not going to play overseas because that's what Yager does. But. He's officially retired in the NHL. The Pittsburgh Penguins did the right thing and retired his number 68. Say what you will about the Penguins, but the 68 is iconic, tucked in to the back of the jersey. You know, it's like, I mean, the man is a legend. He's an absolute legend. Uh, Watching him with that ridiculous mullet in the 90s just burn the Flyers and the rest of the league was infuriating. I will never forget the Wells Fargo Center doing a very dated move by today's standards, but uh, they would play the Aerosmith song. Dude looks like a lady when Yager was in town. Very funny. Um, very. Yeah. Not, not quite, not quite as uh, culturally um, sensitive. Not acceptable today. now. Yeah. yeah not, not acceptable, acceptable now. is really the word, but uh, it was very funny at the time and it was a, a funny, but you know, it was more the mullet, the, that, that mullet, is so iconic and so ridiculous. And, you know, it's it, it just an unbelievable career, you know, an unbelievable career for Yager. I'm going to run some stats down here and it's just ridiculousness. Okay. 24 years. Okay. Of NHL hockey for Yaramir Yager, 1,733 games played. I mean, 24 years is just like from when he basically started to when he retired. Right. But still the man was active for a really long time. 
1,921 points. That is second all-time, okay? And he's got 766 goals. That's fourth all-time. 1,155 assists. That's fifth all-time. And the only guy currently in the NHL that even comes close to him in points is Crosby, who has 1,557, which is really good. But, like, that doesn't... It's not quite there with 1,921. Yager is such an interesting guy. Like, he's one of the best players ever in the history of hockey. Um, but he's also, like, he's so weird. Oh, and he's so weird. He's extremely weird, and he's, like, also extremely mysterious, too. He kind of reminds me of, like, Tommy Wiseau. Like... <laughs> From the room? Yeah. He kind of reminds me of, like... He kind of reminds me of a hockey Tommy Wiseau. Um Harlan's ever heard of it? Like, I just, I don't know. He's just such a weird guy, but like, he's the man. He's the, oh, hi, doggy. Bye. Um, It's just like, it's really, really funny. And uh, I wish I got to see, (laughs) I wish I got to see more of Yager because, so I, I didn't start, like, I always knew Yager, like, when I was a kid, I, like everyone knew who Yarumir Yager was. Like even if you were a casual hockey fi- like watcher, like everyone knew Yager. Everyone knew Lemieux. Um, like everyone knew Lindros. Like everyone knew all these people. I would say the Yager mullet is one of the five most iconic looks in sports history. Yeah, I would agree. It's like the Yager mullet, Jordan shaved head. And I don't even know what else I put up there, but the Yager mullet is a top fiver. It is just, it, it honestly is Dennis Rodman. hockey look. Dennis Rodman might be up there, but it, it is like the hockey look, right? Like if you think of a hockey player, you either think of like a tough guy, like a slap shot or a goon kind of tough guy, or you think of a guy with a ridiculous mullet like Yarmir Yager. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And it like, it, there's, Never been anyone like Yarmir Yager in the history of the NHL. There would never be anyone like him ever again. Um, both from a personality standpoint and an on ice skill standpoint, He's, he was incredible. And Somehow I wish the I got man both made it look easy, but also worked harder than anybody else. Yeah, like I heard crazy stories about how, like, you know, teams would finish up a game, and then he would be like doing full workouts after games and shit. He had the keys to the Flyers training center in Voorhees and would go in at midnight. Yeah. Like dude was a nut. He was out of control. And like, I, like part of me wonders like what, like he hadn't, did he have a life? <laughs> and like, yeah, he did. Like, have his you seen his girlfriends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, but he he's like, I don't think he has a family that, or at least that he knows about. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> It's 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 crazy. It's not like he's like raising kids or anything. He's just kind of living life, doing his thing. So, yeah, it's a really weird thing. But like, I wish I got to see more of Yager because I didn't get into, I didn't start watching hockey like religiously until we were talking a little bit about this before the show. Um, I didn't start watching the Flyers until the year after Yager left. Oh. So like the Yager season was the year before I started watching hockey and then everything just went downhill from there. Cause that the year I started watching the flyers religiously was the 2012, 13 season. And from you that point on, just yeah. missed 
one of the most fun seasons in Flyers history. I mean, I did that, that 11, 12 season is historic. You know, it, it's, it's not even like the Flyers best, their, their record the season before was way better. You know, like it wasn't even the best Flyers team, but it was just so much fun. And part of that was Brisgalov. Brisgalov with his right, outsized yeah. personality was insane. But part of it was, I mean, a large part of it was Yarmir Yager and his effect on the team, specifically Claude Giroux and Scott Hartnell. Uh, a large reason that Claude Giroux ended up being the Claude Giroux that we know and love, the it was Yager. superstar, was Yager. Yeah, because, you know, that was Hartnell's best season in the NHL. He had 67 points in 82 games played, 37 goals, 30 assists. Giroux's second best season, at the time his best season, the first time he cracked 100 points, 102 points in 82 games played, 28 goals, 65 assists. I mean, when Giroux and Hartnell came out at the All-Star game, because Giroux and Hartnell made the All-Star team, but Yager didn't. They both did Yager salutes during their introductions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, clearly he left a very, very big footprint on the Flyers and their, at the time, young players. Um, and even veteran players back then. Like, it makes you wonder, like, how big of an impact did he have on Wayne Simmons? Like, oh, sure. He, he impacted just about everybody on that team. Jake Voracek, um, his fellow countryman? Yeah. So, it's it, it's crazy. I mean, well, they, I, they had a really... He really, really changed the the Flyers for years to come, I think, just by him being in Philadelphia. I mean, my reaction when I heard that news, because I, I was still so I I was reeling. I'm trying to remember if that came before or after the Carter and Richards trades. I feel like it came after. And I feel like I was still reeling from those. And I was like very dismissive of the news that the Flyers signed Yarmir Yager because he had been out of the NHL for three years at that point. You know, he he went over and played in the KHL. You know, he wanted to play in the KHL. He played in the KHL for three years. And, you know, I talked about those numbers. Some of those numbers would be even better in the NHL if he was here during that time. I mean, yeah. he put up 146 points overseas, uh, 66 goals, 80 assists. He could be potentially third all-time in goals and assists if he had stayed here and played that. But that was his choice. But, you know, the KHL, uh, the, it's not the same level of play as the NHL, you know, especially defense and goaltending. It's just not the it's same. It's good. It's still good. It's the yeah. second best league in the world. You know, it, it absolutely is. But it's still not the NHL. So you weren't sure, given his age, given that he hadn't been involved in NHL contests in a minute, how effective he would be. And you definitely saw towards the end of the season, he he wore down a little bit. You know, he wasn't quite the same at the end of the season. He was at the beginning. But the fact that he was having the impact he had, he had 54 points in 73 games played, 19 goals, 35 assists. And the impact he had on Claude Drew and Scott Hartnell and the rest of the team, you know, it, it was honestly very disappointing when the team didn't bring him back the next season. Yeah. And he ended up, you know, going and playing like a year for like every other team in the league. But yeah. what, is, I, what was it? So he went from flyers to stars. Was it the stars immediately or was it? The I think Devils? it was because I think it was the, it was the stars. Then the Bruins. Then the Devils, then the Panthers, then the Flames. Yeah. Yeah. I think. 
I've, okay, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to see if you're right. But <laughs> I think that's I, I might be right. I was already looking it up before you had started rattling it off. But uh, also, when, quick uh, quick correction. I think you mentioned the 102 point season for Giroud. I think that was actually his 17 18 season. Oh, maybe I got it wrong. Yeah, uh, then, then he had Flyers, a 93 points though that one year. Flyers, Stars, Bruins, Devils, Panthers, Flames. Yeah, crazy crazy yeah like literally one to two years with each of those teams and uh, yeah i think you might be let me just double check yeah you're right it was 93 points for drew my bad uh 93 points 28 goals 65 assists so it looks like i got some uh still very good yeah you know it's funny i had the goals and assists right i didn't have the points right so my bad my bad it was just uh put that up with scott walker from the bsh podcast i did with uh with gilbert and uh Joe the other day, I said I kept saying Scott Walker instead of Sean Walker for some reason. <laughs> Scott Walker. Scott Walker. I, I think I'm blaming the uh, the hot toddy I made for myself, the whiskey peach tea. But it was good. It was good. But man, that line that was such a special year. And I always called the, I called that line the G unit. Like other people, I, I think we made a, fly, a poster for Flyers Faithful uh, with all the great Flyers lines on it, and they called it the G line. But I thought tooth and nail to have it called G unit on there because I mean, what's more fun, the G line or G unit. Come on. It's great. That's great. I, when I think of that 11, 12 season, obviously I didn't watch it. Cause that was like before my time of watching hockey, like religiously. But I remember watching the videos of like the 24 seven road to the winter classic. Oh, what a show. And great show. Please bring it back. Um, and I just remember the, the Brisgolov segment, obviously, like the universe and everything. And I just remember, <laughs> I remember seeing this clip of like Brisgolov. It was like the team breakfast at a hotel somewhere. And there was like a table with like a couple of players. I can't remember who the players were, but one of them was Yager. And Brisgolov goes and he like try, and he like tries to sit next to Yager to eat breakfast together with them. And then Yager just immediately gets up and moves to another table. <laughs> and it's just, it's so funny. I, it, the whole vibe of that team seemed so awesome. It was a cool team. It was one of the most fun teams that we've we've ever really had. And I, I miss those vibes. They were great vibes. And yeah, Yager, man, like the, he loves gambling and he loves working out. What? a a tale of two men there will never be another yager and just an electric player who i will never understand how his kryptonite in the late 90s was chris Terrian. never made any sense to me but it was it made no sense but yager man what a frustrating guy to play against and perhaps the greatest ass in nhl history you know uh, oh yeah that, that is uh not america's ass that is hockey's ass and it is a magnificent one he could just it's funny that I'm just talking about a man's ass, but like it, the fact that like it stuck out and it, he would use it to block guys out, to box guys out of the corner and in front of the net. So like his ass is actually very much worth talking about because it was a huge part of his game. You know what the flyers need, Steve? I think I figured it out. They need more Europeans and (laughs) they got, they, they got more, when the team was super fun during the 11-12 season, you had Brzgalov, you had Yager, like you had Voracek. Like I'm looking at this current Flyers. Like it's a lot of Canadians, a lot of Americans. Like 
That's funny. No. This is like the flyer story you're telling right here that they need more Europeans and Russians. Like that's They need the more Europeans. Forever. And they they finally got Mitchkov. Mitchkov's he's coming over here in a couple of years. Mitchkov is coming. Get a couple more European folks. You know, let let them be let them be wise. I I got a good feeling about Samutumala. I I feel like Samutumala could be a player. Like maybe not like I'm not saying like, you know, some superstar or even a star player, but I feel like he could be like a good little player, you know? At least they started trying in the past decade. Like Bob Clark still held that vendetta from the 70s where he wouldn't get any rushes yeah. for the longest time. Yeah, he didn't time. want anyone to re-open. They tried and they had a couple spectacular failures in the past decade of uh, Ivan Provorov, of course, who looked great for a while. But then, you know, it's, we've talked a lot about how that ended. And uh, the other one we always talk about is... Uh, the g- 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 germ. German but like Provorov was like basically from America though. Because like, was he? yeah, he was, he was Russian, but like he's, I think he Russian had lived Orthodox? in, I think he had lived in the United States for like many years or in North America for many years before being drafted. You write your so like, stories, whatever you want to say. <laughs> so I, like I, the flyers need to draft people who like don't speak English. Basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. Because that makes it fun, you know? Like, yeah. Igor Zamula, the vibes with him. Listen, he may not be, like, the best player, but, like, I love the guy's – his energy seems great. Listen, I'll just uh, – I'm fine going with that as long as we get somebody pulling a Hideo Nomo and just flat out saying they had diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Was that Nomo? Bring out a wheelchair that? for him. So. That diarrhea clip is one of the, the greatest. That was uh, before my time, I believe. Was it Nomo or was it? Oh man! Now I'm trying to remember. There's there was a and there was a pitcher who was just like it was just a little diarrhea, and then the, the reporter started laughing, and he goes, "What? Chanho Park? Why did I? Oh, I'm I'm an idiot. I cancel me. It was Chanho Park. All I can think about is Paul Pierce. Chanho Park. No, you got to look up. You got to look up after the show the clip of look up Chanho Park and diarrhea. And he just flat out tells the reporters that he had diarrhea and it's so good. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. Some of, they one get, of my favorites. We need athletes need to be more direct. They need to be more open about their bowel movements. Yes, absolutely. So that's, you know, when you get guys who don't speak English, this is what you might get. Yeah. That's what or we you want. might get another or get another Brisgalov and pay him until 2027. Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> We're we're almost there, guys. We're almost to the end of the uh, the Brizgalov uh, paycheck. <laughs> yeah, we only have a couple more years. So, Tra- Travis Hughes's article is is still locked and loaded and ready to we go. We ca- we carried it over from the old site. That's the important thing. We carried it over. It's ready. To yeah, go. yeah. But yeah, Brizgalov. The the universe is humongous, big, and there's only one way to find that, and that's a language barrier. It's yeah. What an all time quote. All-time cool. All-time I, I love Briz. Yeah. What a man. Sadly, only one Briz and only one Yager. But uh, Yaramir, even though you were a foe for the vast majority of your career and vast majority because you played for the Devils, the Penguins, the Rangers, the Capitals, most of the rivals, okay? But you know what? That one year with the Flyers, you made me love you. And uh, we salute you, my friend. Enjoy retirement if you can. Yes. Yeah. I, he'll have to retire first from hockey. And I don't know if he's going to do that, but what a career, what a guy King 
True King. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to head out, but thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you all. If you have any feedback for us, unfortunately, social media is still the best place. And unfortunately, the best place is still twitter.com.org.edu.x.musk.ugh. You can find me at Flyperbole or Estebomb. I'm also Flyperbole and Estebomb on Blue Sky. You can find me at Flyperbole on Instagram and TikTok. Huzzah. Quigs, where can the good people find you on the socials? Find me at Ryan Quiggs with Z. Thank you very much. How <laughs> about that? All right, folks, follow us over on the socials and we're going to head out of here. But thanks so much for listening. We love you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 one last time, this show was brought to you by the good people over at Bet Online. Be sure to use promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.